coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio. It's Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by IDS, an award-winning digital marketing agency that delivers integrated marketing solutions for franchisers, franchisees, and franchise development teams. Learn why over 75 brands depend on IDS's team of dedicated marketers and client service professionals to deliver a strong ROI on their marketing investment. Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Franchise Marketing Radio. We're the podcast that explores the world of franchising through engaging conversations with industry leaders and franchise experts. I'm your host, Rob Ganley. And today we have some we have a fantastic episode planned. I have two very special guests with me today. Bob Fish, co-founder of the innovative franchise brand Big B Coffee, with his wife Michelle, who is the co-founder and CEO, One Big Island in Space. And I'll tell you what. Uh, there's some serious cool stuff we're going to talk about. That's a cool name, and we got some cool stuff to cover today. So let's get started. I'll start with with you, Bob. Tell us a little bit about this journey of Big B first, right, where, where Big B Coffee came from, and then I want to start talking about one big island in space and how that uh, how that relates to the brand. So tell us a little bit about uh, how this all started for you. Absolutely. I mean, Big B Coffee started in 1995 in East Lansing, Michigan, one one location. And it was myself and, and a woman by the name of Mary Roselle. And later, about one year later, Mike McFall, uh, the current co-CEO, co-founder, joined us. And within two years, we opened uh, a second location. And then with this massive chain of two, we decided to franchise in 1999. And the rest is kind of history in the sense that Today, we have 370 units open over 13 states. We have another 140 uh, under development. So, you know, we're looking at the end of 2024 being at about 500 units. Wow. I mean, I just know because I really know the industry well, like the stats of the industry. It's not easy to get to that. Right? It's not easy to get to 100, let alone five. So congratulations. But it also must mean you have a pretty cool product and an awesome network of, of owners. So, but I want to talk to you a little bit about your your cultural values because you're very clear about how you approach this whole thing, right? You have you have 500 owners or not exactly. I'm sure people own more than one, but this big presence and and you do a lot in the world. You're interacting with a lot of people and so values play into that a lot. And of course, play into the idea that oh, how do you get to 500 in the first place? There has to be something about that. So tell me about these cultural values and, and how you guys approach that. Yeah, our culture is unique. It's very approachable. It's not it's not snooty uh, by any means and, and might even be considered fun. But the real sort of basis of the culture is our purpose. And the purpose, we believe, of our organization is to support you in building a life you love. And that that extends to you know our home office. That extends to our ARs, our area representatives, our owner operators, their employees, and, and even our customers. And we're very deliberate about that. Our vision, on the other hand, is to improve workplace culture in America. You know, so I hope you can see from those two uh, uh, things, the purpose and the vision, we're very people centric, and and often. 
Uh, you know, one of the phrases we use that sort of articulates that is we love our coffee, but we love our we love the people behind the coffee even more. And that that's sort of what drives us uh, is to be able to have both personal and professional growth for everybody in the organization, um, but also to be very people centric in what we do. Yeah. Well, uh, wow. So I'm getting excited about what we're about to talk about. So one of the questions I had ready was a little bit about, you know, it's the coffee industry, right? It's um, it, it, the business model, I should say. It's competitive, right? We we all have, we know the big name Starbucks, right? Um, and it's competitive though, right? So how do you differentiate? How do you make a business where people want to go there and make it their everyday sort of routine or whatever that looks like? And And obviously that seems simple when you're out in the world just kind of patronizing these businesses but it's there's a lot to it and, and so one of my questions was you know how are you unique in your business model and and then i wanted to connect that over so you just talked about how you're people centric and you talked about value your values and then we, we look at how do you differentiate in such a crowded space and be successful from from a dollars and cents point of view like profitable but really what drives it and I wanted to talk about Big Island, uh, one Big Island in space, because I feel like that is one of the best answers. I mean, it's amazing. So maybe you could connect the dots there. I don't know, Bob or, or Michelle, if you want to take that. But again, we're talking about people-centric, a successful brand, and how does this one Big Island in space just take that to the next level in those in, in those regards? Right, uh, and, and so. You know, it's a relatively complicated answer uh, because often my my business partner, uh, co-CEO, co-founder and I are, are are literally working 10 and 12 years out from where our system is today. And there are, there are some really important changes that we would like to make to the industry. Uh, and, and that industry we could describe as the specialty coffee industry or the franchising industry. But there's there's two major quests uh uh, that are happening in Big B Coffee. One Michael leads that is called Life Lab, and and this this sort of tackles the idea that you know uh, there's a lot of chronic disease <laughs> in in our country uh, in general, right? And most of that chronic disease is caused by stress, and most of that stress is caused by work. And so the idea that we have a vision that we'd like to improve workplace culture in America. What we're really trying to do is change how we can um, uh, operate differently, uh, but really uh, create uh, personal growth uh, for people that uh, work within the system of Big B Coffee, what we would call Big B Nation. So that's that's life lab, and and what that impacts is all the community all the communities that we operate in, right? So uh, our stores, uh, our centers uh, to the communities that they serve and the stores, our, our locations, our cafes feel an obligation to contribute to the community uh, by by changing the tra trajectory of people's lives uh, in terms of uh, supporting them and building a life they love. That's life lab. Uh, but what we're up to here uh, with uh, Michelle and I is something called One Big On in Space. And uh, what we think is that we can have equal impact, not just on the communities that we serve, 
inside uh, the United States with our cafes and so on. But we can bring those same values uh, all the way to the other end of the supply chain, uh, and that is coffee farmers. And so uh, there's reasons why we chose that, and, and I hope that we'll get into those in a moment. Uh, but, you know, we in particular work uh, with a supply chain of farmers that are treating their people right, that are treating the planet right, and that are investing in their communities. So what you can imagine is we have sort of a barbell approach to uh, our business. So not just the origin of the product that we serve, but uh, the final cup that it's served in, uh, we're looking to have impact in, in both areas. And that's one of the genesis points of One Big On in Space. I have to stop you there because that was an amazing answer to what makes you different. <laughs> but I would hope that every business would be listening, anyone listening. You know, this is the kind of evolution of business. The first thing you talked about was Life Lab, but you also touched on things that I've felt my entire career. And one of the reasons I got into, you know, the internet and technology in the early 2000s was because I felt so stressed out and I felt like I wanted to have more control over my lifestyle and my kids, and my family. And the internet offered sort of that flexibility if you, if you were willing to take that leap. And so, but I always felt like, why is it so hard? Like life is pretty tough. And I feel like we have some choices we can make. And it starts with, with visionaries like you saying, I'm going to make a choice to make my business about people's lives. Right. So I think that's amazing what you said you're doing here domestically. Let's hop over to the other side because this is even, to me, even more important because we have it pretty good here, we, we good and bad. I think sometimes because we have it, it's good, it's, it's kind of bad in a way. <laughs> you know? but, but over in many other places, a lot of places where, where this type of thing is sourced, uh, coffee and farms, to other countries. And most of us don't understand how this stuff is is, is cultivated and sourced and and how these businesses are run, but you guys have taken a whole different approach. And you know you have a, this huge, huge network of businesses to support going into the future, right? And so this is a big thing for you is how to how to source the main ingredient, right? But doing it in a in just a, a groundbreaking or sort of, I don't know, a game-changing way, right? Life-changing way. Can you please now share, Michelle, I think you might be with this answer. Uh, yeah. Could you help us understand what you're doing uh, in this regard with, with one big island in space. Sure. Let, but let's take it a step back and talk about how we yeah. used to do it. So yeah, yeah. he's been in business since 1995 and we started one big island in space in 2018. That's a lot of coffee we bought between 1995 and 2018. And we bought it the way I think most people buy it. It's a commodity. So you call up your roaster and you say, I need 300,000 pounds of Tanzania pea berry at the lowest price, please. And, and you don't ever really think about how that, what that, what's behind the curtain, right? Uh, the commodity marketplace is set up so that you don't, so that uh, you really don't engage with the origin of your things. The, the idea is to get the commodity at the lowest possible price for the highest possible quality. And that's, as a consumer of coffee, I never really thought about it either. I might occasionally buy a bag that had organic on it or fair trade. And I thought I knew what those meant. Uh, but in 2018, we decided we were going to really figure out what is happening on the other end of the supply chain. So we started our journey with a trip to uh, Indola, Zambia. We'd been invited to go see an orphanage that had started a coffee farm to make itself more sustainable. 
And that was, that was revelatory to us that we'd never really thought about the impact coffee has in the country where it's grown and to see the power of them growing coffee and selling their coffee uh, and, and what that was supporting, the lives that was changing uh, in a place that desperately needs lives changed. And Dola Zambia is one of the poorest parts of a very poor country. Uh, that was really powerful for us and life-changing. And so we, we engaged in this quest to find more farmers that were doing that kind of thing. Um, finding them is a trick, but uh, so far to date, we have three uh, active partnerships with one coming online in the next few months. And for us, that's going to total about a million pounds of coffee that we're buying a year uh, through the Farm Direct model. And in each of these farms, although they're in different countries with different cultures and sometimes different languages, uh, what, what we're supporting is people who are supporting their people and uh, treating the planet right, and no, no child labor, no harsh working conditions, actually changing the culture in the communities in which they uh, produce their coffee. And uh, the way we keep that sustainable is we get rid of as many people in between that don't need to be there. Uh, the way coffee is set up, you know, there it touches, it can touch a lot of hands before it finally gets to the end user. And uh, not all of those hands add value. So we get, we get rid of as many of those as we can. And we push that savings down to the farmer so that they can be more economically sustainable. And we bring the promise of a lifetime partnership. And we have the marketplace. We have a growing marketplace so that they know that year over year, they'll be able to sell their coffee. They know the price they'll be able to sell their coffee for, which given that it's a commodity is remarkable. And that, that allows them to make even more investments in their people and in their farms. Uh, we find it's, a, it's really a win-win on both sides of the, of the value proposition. Uh, we get better coffee. We have these great relationships with uh, amazing people and the franchise community gets access to all of that love and all of that impact that they are having by selling the coffee by the cup every day. Wow. I mean, wow. I mean, I mean that, like, I don't, I don't have these conversations. I, I, um, <clears throat> I watch a lot of other podcasts right, on YouTube and things. We, they talk about AI and I, I often go, wow, like, wow. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> I, I don't do it on mine a lot because this is great. I mean, I feel like this is what capitalism has to be, us innovators. But what, the whole thing, Bob, though, is if you don't have a focus, like you guys have very clear values, very clear vision, very clear focus. I remember Arnold Schwarzenegger was often asked like why he was successful. And it was because he, he said, I was always very clear on what my next step was, what I wanted to achieve. And like you start with people. You say, well, it's, it's, if, it's, if it's not helping people, then, then okay, it's, it, so how do we help people and have a profitable platform and business? It's amazing to me. So I just had to take a breath for a second. So, so tell me a little bit about, so you got this thing going and I know it's a journey. You said, look, it's, a, it's like we, we got a few years to go, but tell us about the end game of this relationship. What is the end goal and where does that leave you as a brand when, when you get there? Yeah. I mean, there are so many end goals. Uh, I, I'm not even sure we'll have enough time on the, we, on the coffee. We, well, what I'm we, 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 that we might need a part coffee. two in the end. So uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, well, you know, one on the on the big island on the one big island in space that we were talking about. You're going to be in a, just a few short years in a different position. I wanted you to talk about that because I think that's pretty amazing what you're striving for and what it means to the industry, the yeah. the, the broader industry at large. 
Yeah, you know, I think it's going to, it'll change the industry as a whole. And, and, uh, although generally, you know, we, we take a particular approach that is, uh, you know, open and friendly and, and, uh, encouraging. Uh, we, we are a little chagrined, uh, about the balance of, uh, of our industry and, and how they approach the, the, the buying of coffee. And, you know, the thing to know is, uh, that when, when, when coffee is farmed, uh, you know, it, 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 it takes so many inputs. It takes 365 days a year. Uh, you have to prune, you have to pick, you know, there's all these things that go on. And, and that comes with a certain cost. Okay. So, and, and, you know, <laughs> we all run businesses. A, a farm is, is no different than any other business, right? So that farm needs to pay for all those costs. It kind of needs to pay for its family to have food, shelter, and clothing. And then it should have a little something left over, you know, for the next generation or, you know, that thing that we call profit, right? That's, that's what should happen. And I think that most people have guessed that that is what happens but that's in fact not what happens what happens is because of the nature of the commodity marketplace most times most times farmers are paid less than what it costs for them to produce it okay so so that that's what happens out there and so in order for them to survive uh what they do is they have to make compromise on their farm Right. So, uh, like, you know, we all would like our coffee to be shade grown and we would like the, the bio, uh, soil to be preserved and we would like composting and, uh, we'd like to see indigenous birds return and so on and so forth, you know, from like a planet perspective. But if they're not getting paid enough, they can't follow those particular practices. And in fact, they might have to employ chemicals and things of that nature to sort of cheat that system. And that pollutes and it it scars the land uh, kind of forever. And on the other hand, uh, they might have to cheat with their employees, pay them less than minimum wage, even for that country, or not provide housing, or not provide food, or not provide clothing, and so on and so forth. No education, using child labor. They might have to do those things, not because they want to, but that's what they would need to do to survive to be paid that lower price. Okay. So, you know, sometimes we, we, <laughs> we look, we, we can go outside and feel the impacts of climate change because, uh, I find it's getting harder and harder to breathe out there. And then sometimes we can uh, like look at our border and be like, well, why are all these people coming across the border? Well, you know, people are abandoning their, their farms because they can't make any money and they're just trying to survive and find some place where they can be economically sustainable. Okay. So when, when we look at the, the idea of an ultimate goal here, what we're looking to do is to teach the industry to pay a fair and proper price, understand what it costs to farm, uh, what it costs to be, you know, to be economically sustainable in farming and uh, reduce the impact to the environment, reduce the impact to poverty. Um, and so our ultimate goal is to do that for Big B Coffee because we like to do things that, uh, a, make us feel good, but because it's the right thing to do. Uh, but we would like to change the whole industry altogether. That, that's like the big thing. The big and there's thing, just yeah. one other thing to note. You know, I, I don't think that I understood this until we started this journey. About 70% of the coffee grown in the world is grown on farms that are less than 10 acres. And 
a, a large majority of that are even less than 10 acres. And they're grown in some pretty remote places where, you know, for instance, we have a partnership in Chiapas, Mexico. Uh, some of the coffee that that's grown there is grown in these in these villages where they don't even speak Spanish. They still speak the indigenous language. And there are, you know, like 40 different dialects in Chiapas. Uh, they're not on the grid. They don't have birth certificates. They don't have bank accounts. You know, they're tiny, tiny farmers. And they, we talk about these farmers taking shortcuts. That would be the bigger farmers. But most of the coffee farmers in the world don't even have the luxury of taking shortcuts. If they can't, if they can't produce enough coffee and get a price enough to feed their families, there's, there's, no, there's no place they can cut because it's already their family that's working the farm, right? Um, they, they don't have a choice. They can't, you know, they can't starve themselves. They're not going to starve their children. So they do what they have to, to survive. And that could be leaving, <laughs> leaving their land. Yeah. Right. And that, and like you said earlier, I don't know if you, you before we spoke, you, you know, we all know coffee, coffee demand keeps going up, right? Because mm -hmm. we all love our coffee, but yet the supply is really threatened here because we're just, and we're just not treating the folks right in my mind. Right. I mean, let's just be real about it. We have to be honest. Like these, this, this conversation could probably be had in many, in many industries, right? We have to care about what we're consuming. And, you know, if we do, then we're going to be rewarded in my mind. I, I would pay an extra dollar. Why wouldn't I? It's really going to feel different if I paid and I'm doing it anyway, really, if you slow it over time. Right. It's just, but I mean, if you said an extra dollar per cup of coffee would make sure these folks I think most Americans feel this. I'm just saying that we, we we feel this way, but we're not understanding we have to take an action to support it. And I just think you guys are you guys are starting to create a massive amount of awareness. But all right, so let's bring it back a little bit to business, to to, to the brand, right? Because I think this is probably some part of, of the growth too. I mean, um, this really connects well to doing the right thing as as a brand and as a business. And you already said what your focus was as a as a in your values. So tell me a little bit of how this has has affected your ability these last few years to expand and sort of the the impact it's made to your franchisees and how they're feeling. So I mean that that's really multi uh, dimensional. Uh, you know, one of the things is um, that, that that I want to mention is. Because coffee is under threat, both because of climate change and the economics of coffee, uh, one of like the business case uh, for this, and, and by the way, it's not paying a dollar more. It's like paying a little bit more and making sure that the right money is going to the farmer and not some some nefarious hands in between us and the farmer, right? So remember, we, we create some savings in the supply chain and we push that down to the farm. So now... For for our owner operators, uh, the one thing that they get to know is that they have a guaranteed supply of coffee. It comes at a very stable price. The other thing to know about the C contract is it goes up and down every week, right? So uh, how can you run a business where your primary product one day is way up here and one day is way down there? Uh, how do you know what you're going to buy your coffee for? So what we have is created price stability. Uh, but the other thing is our owner operators know this about the, the coffee that they're serving. And there aren't many people that could say this out loud. One, they know that it's ethical. They know that it's moral. And 
the way we execute this with our version of boots on the ground, going to the country and investigating, living on the farm, spending time with the farmer, eating their meals, spending time with them in the fields, meeting their workers and doing this year in and year out is that, that there is no higher level of transparency in this, right? And then the final thing is, you know, we use this word sustainability and it gets thrown around all the time. Generally, we're talking about it from an environmental perspective, but here we're talking about economic sustainability for people that really need that kind of stability in their life. The one thing I want to make clear, though, is that this is a full-blown capitalistic business model. There's not one lick of charity in it. And all we're doing is employing a version of capitalism that is generally referred to as stakeholder business or stakeholder management and so on and so forth. So we are not trying to maximize profitability simply for the shareholders. We are trying to have an impact on all the stakeholders in our business. And in our business, that includes people like vendors. And in this case, that's a coffee producer. It could be the community that Big B Coffee serves. It could be the owner operator. It could be people in our home office. It could be their families. We're looking to have a win-win-win with all the constituencies, all the stakeholders that make our business great. Now, what happens? The reason that you get crazy growth on that kind of thing is suddenly you're not working in a business so that you can add another zero to your income and go from 10,000 to 100,000 to 1 million to 10 million, but you're working to change the world. And whether that world is here in the United States in the, in the backyard of the community of One Big B Coffee, or that part of the world means that we're having impact in, in the world's second poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, like Nicaragua, that's just amazing. I mean, if you want to talk about a reason to jump out of bed and have the, have your feet hit the floor simultaneously with a run, that's it. That is brilliant. I mean, and I, I haven't heard what you said, stakeholder management. Is that what you had said? Yes. Um, I, you know, I think this idea, that's what I said earlier. That's what I was trying to say is that you're, you're, you're fully a capitalistic business. You're very profitable. Um, but you're using that ingenuity and innovative thinking to make an impact while you're doing it. It's like, I'm here anyway. It's just, you know, if I give it a little bit of thought, I can make an impact, right? With this platform I've got. And you've, as a CEO and co-founder, you have, you have been able to do that. And, you know, we all need to see this. It's just, it's great to hear. Uh, Tell me a little bit more though, these relationships you have with the, you said there's some unique farms, right? Um, and, and it seems to me like you probably build some really good relationships with these various farms. And this is only going to grow as you, as you strive to become a hundred percent, uh, reliant on, on these, um, how does this evolve? Like, do you guys have sort of a vision for how you take these relationships? Do you ever see any of these farmers ever being over here and anyone getting a chance to meet? I mean, is there any connectivity to, yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me a little more, Michelle. Well, let's answer your last question first. Uh, we yeah. have several tenants that that uh, kind of guide our operations in one big island in space. But one of them is something we call full circle. So it's one thing for us to take a team of folks to spend time on the farms and poke around, you know, like basically checking under their hoods and rummaging through their drawers. But we believe very strongly in bringing them here. 
So we just completed the uh, Big B Nation Summit, which is uh, the franchise annual meeting just a few weeks ago. And we bring all of our farm partners and a few of our farm prospects. We, we fly them in and we spend a few days up front with them, taking them to a Big B coffee, for instance. You know, you got to consider that most farmers never know where their coffee goes. They may not, not even know the country. So the power of bringing a coffee producer into a cafe where they get to see the end user, the person taking the cup and get to see the joy that that brings, that is a phenomenal moment. It has brought some of our producers to tears to see the joy in the store, right? But also we really want them to know our owner operators and our owner operators to know them. We want that, that deep connectivity. We want them to know exactly what Big B is up to in the world. Uh, and then we want them to have really strong relationships with each other because they're our partners. They're going to learn from each other. That's typically the way it works in the franchise community too, right? You, the best franchise uh, systems bring their franchisees together because they're stronger and learn from each other. We're applying the same model to our partners uh, on the ground. Um, and it's, we've, it's, I haven't seen anybody else that does it. I haven't heard of anybody else who does it quite like this. Uh, we think it's pretty unique and we think it's one of the, the greatest strengths of One Big Island in space. Uh, but you also asked how we find them, and that has evolved over time. When we started, really nobody knew what we were up to. So uh, Bob and I were uh, thinking of all the ways that we could like find those needles in that very large haystack of coffee producers, and you know, doing work, walking trade show floors, and talking, talking, and talking to lots of people, thousands of people. Over time. Uh, more people have gotten to know what we're up to. So we're finding that people seek us out as in the case of this partnership that's going to be coming online in November with uh, Al Lopez and his wife, Leticia Lopez in Copan, Honduras. Uh, they're a really remarkable story. He is, uh, he, he was born in Copan in a small town, uh, really quite poor, uh, came because of a family connection to the United States joined the army, the U.S. Army, for a few years until he was uh, honorably discharged with a terrible injury, and then went to school for accounting, and then had the kind of, uh, the kind of career in accounting that, that is, you know, it's the cream of the cream. He was started with one of the big eight, but then he ended up as the CFO of Sara Lee, and then he ended up as the CFO of Dole in charge of all of their Central and South American operations and mergers and acquisitions, and, and on and on and on. And he took that success and he paid it back to his community. He bought the coffee farm that he was born on and some additional land. And he is, he is just intensely focused on improving lives in that region, right? Uh, creating opportunity. He brought electricity to the villages that surround the farm. He's built a school uh, in, in cooperation with the Matiak Foundation for all of the children in that area. Uh, a health clinic. He's just laser focused on the quality of life. And he's working with some smaller producers that surround him on those less than 10 acre farms and trying to make sure that they too, as coffee producers, can share in that kind of prosperity. Every story is different. Um, Al's is, but they're all equally great. Al's is great. And so is our partnership in Nicaragua. And so is our partnership in Chiapas, Mexico. And so is our partnership in Indola, Zambia. So uh, we're just, we're just, we feel really fortunate and honored to know people who are doing the kind of work that they're doing in the world and to be able to support that with the marketplace that Big B Coffee brings. Wow. I, I keep saying, wow, because the culture here is, it, you just, it's, uh, I think I've heard someone say once, if, 
if you're nice to somebody, there's like this magnetic, this this uh, multiplication effect, right? That they go be nice to someone and so on times ten. And if that were to happen, like millions of people would would have a nice thing said to them today, right? If we just all are 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 being better, right? We're f- making an effort. But when you said the the farmers could come uh, to your events and then see the operation and and see how we live here, right? How we how this winds up over on this side. And that gave them such purpose. And, it, you know, Bob, when you said, you know, it gives the franchisee purpose to get out of bed and hit the ground running, I feel like you're doing the same exact thing for those families because probably even as much as just having more than enough to, to, to economically for the family, having that purpose is probably as important or maybe more to even you know, to the success. But amazing that, that this is all coming together for you guys and only going to get bigger and bigger because if, Others do what you do. Wow, what a ma- magnification. And you're only getting bigger. So that's amazing stuff. Um, t- tell me a little bit about how do you accomplish this with all these different partners, the supply chain that you've you've put into place, or that how does technology or how what have you had to build with the brand to enable this to happen? I'm sure there's some things you had to change and and uh, but how did that affect? your operations and technology and things like that? Well, we're, we, <laughs> from a technology perspective, uh, we're, we're, we're a little bit of the Luddites. Uh, so <laughs> uh, just to be clear, uh, the way we've done this is, is frankly through uh, just high personal energy, uh, commitment uh, and uh, passion. Uh, I mean, we've, we've dedicated our lives to creating this kind, kind of change. Um, and, and what we find by, by doing so, so, uh, you know, uh, I'll watch on Facebook, for example, uh, our owner operators and, and they'll, they'll make a post like, do you know any other CEO of a company that's out there doing work like this? You know, so it's not like, uh, we have a team. We have one other person who works with us. And we uh, just hired him two months ago. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, Finally, right? Yeah, so, and and uh, but no, uh, frankly, um, we didn't know a lot about buying coffee. So even though I've been in the coffee industry for thirty-five years, as Michelle indicated earlier, there's a lot that's behind a curtain that you can't see. And and I think that was one of our distinct advantages. In other words, if we if we kind of knew what we know now, maybe we wouldn't have got started. Because holy cow, is it complicated? Uh, the whole idea of farming, processing, and exporting coffee. But we've learned so much from our partners. Uh, I, I want to let you know that our partners are all extraordinary people. And, and, you know, the pathway that we take is not to create extraordinary people that are farming. What we do is we look for extraordinary people that are farming and provide them with a marketplace that sort of can guarantee their success, provide stability uh, for them. But every one of them has contributed to sort of the the moral and ethical fabric that makes up one big um, space and our own understanding of it. Now, we feel like we have just such an extraordinary responsibility to propagate that, what we know now, right? Because once you know something, you can't unknow it, right? And so in order to do this differently, 
uh, let's say tomorrow somebody said, well, look, I don't, I don't give a, a hoot. I want, I want the best coffee for the cheapest price. Then we have to ask them the question. So it's okay if we buy coffee in a unethical, immoral manner. That's what you want us to do. Right. And nobody's going to answer uh, yes to that. So, uh, there, there's, there's so much about this that I think Michelle might have even said, you know, we're building the plane while we're flying it. Um, yeah, not technology, just passion, commitment, and really brute force. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really just focusing on those relationships and the people side of things, and everything kind of starts to fall into place. You figure it out as you go. Um, yeah, I mean, it just sounds like it would take some innovation to make that all work, right? Because no one's doing it that way. But well, I, I, I love it. I was just going to say, I would say that one of the ways that we make it happen is that we are traveling probably about 120 days of any given year. <laughs> so it's a lot of nights not sleeping on your own pillow. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. A, not a technological solution, but it is, it, we have found it effective. Well, given given the scenario, it makes sense, right? It just, I mean, it's not like you're going to do Zoom calls with your, <laughs> necessarily, I'm sure maybe some could or some couldn't, but, um, but anyway, so that is, uh, that's brilliant. So again, living your values, right? We started with values. You guys are, are, the brand is living, breathing the values. And I love what you said, you can't unknow it. That's what I kind of felt this whole conversation. Like I almost felt stirred. Like I've got, I can't unknow. And this is not just from you guys. It's probably from maybe the last few years of sort of an awakening that I've got to be more responsible about what I'm buying and why and all these things. Because now I kind of do know. Like our our whole culture kind of does now, indirectly in a way. We hear enough stories, don't we, about things. And so like once, and you're very clear, this is very clear. So it's like, no, I don't want that to happen. I really don't. And so um, as a consumer, we vote with our wallets. So I'll try to do that in the future and be very aware. Um, t- tell me a little bit about, you know, if somebody, I mean, I don't know. I've never been so so sold on a brand right like i usually ask you guys at the end what tips would you have for someone that's approaching the franchise industry and thinking about a business to start right i think we've answered that for the last uh period of time we've been talking but tell me a little bit about before that big picture stuff and which is just so amazing like just the basic blocking and tackling so so i'm going to paint the picture i'm going to unpack it just for a second you run a coffee business you create a, an amazing environment for your customers. It's great product. They know that you have ethical values. You live them, right? Everywhere. It's coming out from every direction, like on social media or wherever. You source great products ethically. And it's true. You prove it. You see it. Um, so you create this environment. Now, for me as a consumer, I think I would probably keep buying that coffee. We don't have one here in Colorado Springs. Um, as a consumer, I would just, so in your model, repeat business, word of mouth referrals, good reviews, right? Obviously coming back over and over again, using it more and more, maybe recommending it for catering or some other events that you guys might do. I don't know, but that's what the marketing becomes is if you just deliver that, the people in the community become the marketing engine. That's what I see. I think you've created that better than almost any brand that I've seen because that's a lot. And when you talk about retail, is that environment so that, you know, they want to keep coming and tell their friend. Tell me, is that, 
is that sort of the drive that you have when you think about marketing and and, and how to yeah how to have fun? so yeah i mean um unfortunately I, I i look at marketing as a little bit of a sham right so if we if, if now take that with a grain of salt right we do have to communicate to to our potential constituency our potential consumer what we're up to and what we're about but for so many years uh, marketing was able to do that and not tell the complete truth and i just think that we're entering into a phase now, a moment where if people want to find out the truth, they can get to the bottom of that pretty darn quickly, right? So you can't hide much now from the consumer and the consumer is so hyper-connected to each other that you just can't, you know, quote unquote, BS them anymore, right? You just can't. And so um, if if you want to uh, uh, represent who you really are, then you have you have to go to the nines on that. You you have to deliver it all all the way, right? Uh, and so this isn't we're not we're not social washing here. We're not green washing here. We're not pretending to do it a little bit. We're going to do this one hundred percent, and we're going to do it in a manner that is just like undeniably truthful, transparent, and obvious, right? We the way we're going to do it is going to be unimpeachable unimpeachable right mm -hmm. and i think that that is so important from a passion uh perspective you know marketing has a lot to do with impressions and messaging and so on and so forth we have marketing messages built around this so you know for us and i'll give you one for us it's important to put a name a face and a place to every cup of coffee we serve, right? That's the marketing message about what we're up to. So we're not making it complicated with uh, climate change and sustainability. We don't introduce all those kinds of words, but we do indicate to you that it's the people and the relationships in life that matter. And that's in life and in business. And frankly, for Big B Coffee, it's always been about the people and it's always been about the relationship we have with them. We're not BSing. We're doing this for real. That's amazing. Yeah. And you put a lot of work into it though, right? So like now you have the right to, I love that, that tagline or the, 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 what you shared there. I mean, but you, you built that though. You went and spent years and now you could, you know, and you could feel good. And it's a hundred percent. You're right. It's not just surface. Like we can say that. Is that good enough? Can we say that? Did we do enough to justify that we could say that? Right. Um, no, this is all in. So, so just let me, to be clear, I, I just wanted to, uh, you know, take the time as, as we, as we wrap things up, I wanted to give you guys a chance to just sort of a, have a call to action, so to speak. Um, I wanted to, because what you're doing, the work you're doing is, is fantastic. We always have a call to action to say, Hey, if you're interested in, in partnering with, with Big B Coffee, you, you know, here you go. And, and we'll share that in a minute. But, you know, for me, is there now, obviously the network is the buyer, is there any other way that we could support such great things? I know it's again, it's a it's a capitalist driven thing, but how, is there anything at all that that you would want to share or ask or or just a final word on how how the audience could best uh, maybe help other than being interested in becoming a customer and or uh, franchisee? Go ahead, Michelle. Well, first things first, if anybody out there knows of a coffee farmer somewhere in the world that is doing the right thing by their people, by the planet, and for their communities, get in touch with us because we want to know who they are. That's great. Okay. All right. 
And what about you, Bob? Yeah, there's so much there. Um, you know, like if, if some of this conversation has tickled your fancy, so to speak, we would encourage you to go to to our blog where we've articulated this journey in depth, right? So that blog is uh, www.onebigislandinspace, uh, big is spelt with two Gs. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel and a Facebook, a Facebook uh, what do you, that's not a channel, that's just a, a place. Hey, hey, yeah. yeah. Uh, or you can follow uh, either of us personally. Uh, we don't have people manage our, our Facebook or anything like that. We we take care of it ourselves, and we'll, we'll tell you all about what we're up to. But, you know, the, the real uh, thing uh, to share is to share the story, right? Because the story about what we're up to is kind of amazing. And, you know, whenever I tell somebody uh, the story about what we're up to, they use these words. They say, oh, my gosh, I didn't know. And if, if you want to share at a cocktail party or share with a friend, just share the idea of what Big B Coffee and One Big Island in Space is up to. I think uh, that we would feel very honored if you did that. Yeah. Well, you got, you got my commitment to that. And uh, just in general, even broader, it's, uh, it woke me up a little further today. I've already been feeling this way, but now I really do. And, uh, yeah, good stuff. Amazing stuff. I, I just want to thank you both. Uh, I'd love to have you back. You, I think there's a lot of things we should be doing to to share this story and keep the awareness going. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of angles still to to, to look at, and and uh, so I would love to have you guys back. And but I just want to thank you. I mean, we just spent uh, almost an hour, and I honestly I think we could have spent another hour. I don't think there's enough time. Uh, so you got me. So I'm I'm all in on that. But I just want to thank you for your time today. I want to encourage our our audience uh, to do these things. Check out uh, uh, Big B Coffee. Can you give the websites, uh, Bob? Uh, the you gave the blog. Can you give all yeah. the websites? That yeah, I mean www.bigb.com. Big B is spelled with two G's as well, uh, and of course one big on space uh, with two G's uh, as well. Uh, there is a Big B franchising site. Uh, you know, we if if anybody's turned on by this and wants to enter into business and and do be be up to something interesting, uh, we would encourage you to be a franchisee too. Yeah, well, I mean, that's 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 what's fueling all this. That's the beauty of it. Like it's it's you know, we want you to be big. We want you to be real big. How big you want to be, Bob? We we want you to be five thousand locations. How about that? So, uh, but that's great. It's it's been a, it's a total pleasure having you both. I just want to thank the audience and uh, bye for now. Thank you, Rob. Thank you.